Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting the ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is October 15th, 2020. Late on this one. Took forever to get this game film done. A lot of that because I'm lazy. (laughs) I had extra days, so I took extra days. (laughs) Actually took a day off Wednesday. Didn't do anything. There you go. Yeah. So uh, uh, we got that for you. We got the what we saw in the All-22. We got some news for you. The Buccaneers and NFC South news. So a little bit around the league, I think. And then we're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers game coming up. Yeah. Big, big, big game. Probably the toughest game on our schedule. Anyhow, do we have any fact checks or follow-ups? No. Molly? No. No. <laughs> perfect once again. We're perfect. We are, we are uh, really knocking these out of the park, man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> are we really perfect or are we just not? doing fact checks and follow no i just didn't listen to it okay forgot about it all right let's talk about the chicago game i know okay. nobody wants to but let's just forget it and move on to the next one uh man i'm telling you the, the media um I, that's one of the reasons why we we didn't do a podcast this week because i was just so aggravated with the media I'm not going to get into it. I, I talked to Molly. There was a particular media person that I wanted to really, really go after because she attacked the fans again. And I can't deal with it anymore. So I unfollowed her. You know, and we say we say this here at the podcast that we believe in the team. We believe we're part of the team. We are the 12th man. I think fandom is extremely important for teams to win. And I believe in supporting the whole team. We, we talk, we've talked about this for years. Everybody from the water boy to the cheerleaders to the head coach to the cheerleaders to the <laughs> general manager. Especially the cheerleaders, <laughs> like the cheerleaders. in particular. <laughs> they don't show cheerleaders enough on TV. And I really hate this coronavirus because it's keeping the cheerleaders from being shown at all because they're not even out there. It is so sad. I hope it they're is. not unemployed. It, oh, we should no. start a foundation or something. Yes, goodness, let's help them out. <laughs> but we believe in support, and that includes the media too. Now, in all of that, I'm, we don't mean to say, "Hey, we just give them a free pass on everything." Now, we like to hold people accountable when a player screws up. We like to point it out, but we never say we need to fire this person or that person sucks or this person is dumb or stupid or these people are need to be off the team or they. GM needs to be fired. You'll never hear that from us, ever. We stuck in there with Mike Smith for the longest time, even though we were sitting there going, oh, my God, oh, my gosh. But it's just, to me, to us, we feel like it's a, it doesn't help the team. you know. And that's what we want to do. We want to help the team. Well, anyhow, this, this one media personality has caused quite a bit of division amongst the team. As a matter of fact, with our podcast, the only – one star rating we've gotten has been because of her because somebody got mad that we talked bad about her. Now, she is the has the most followers of all the media journalists, and she uses them. She will use them to attack you. If you say anything bad or go against her beliefs, she will sick them after you. And that happened here recently. 
And it's the first time since I've been a Buccaneers fan that I've said I am done with somebody that's, that I consider to be part of the team. But, you know, the media people, they're not really part of the team. I'm going to backtrack on what I'm so. saying there. Yeah. I mean, they I mean, are. To an extent. To an extent. You're right. Because, like, every team has their media people that you know, you're familiar yeah, and, with. And they go from one team to another. I mean, with Casey Phillips, you know, she came from, what was it, the Rams? I think. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, Carmen, I I know that she's from the Chicago area. I don't know if she worked for the Bears. but Yeah, she did. She yeah. did. And, you know, you've got most of these media personalities are not even fans of football, let alone of the Buccaneers team. But the ones that are fans of football are fans of other teams. So, you know, it's not like they're on our side. Got to remember that. The only ones that are are the Joe Bucks fan and Pewter Report. And then you got some of the, you know, the Bucks Nation, all those guys. The fan, the fan media, you know, those guys I support 100%. But these, the other ones, I've never done this before. And I was just like, I had to, I have to unfollow them. I just, you know, it was the politics. And then when they actually had their followers attack one of our fans for, for being, I mean, the guy was really polite with her and he said, Hey, can you, can you not bring politics into this? Just. Please, he said. Please, even Matt, not, not good enough, man. She laid into him, and then all of her followers laid into him. And I said, No, I'm not going to have that, man. That's uh, that's dividing the fan base. That is attacking our fans. It's just bad stuff. It's I, not the first time it's happened. It's not the first time it's happened, exactly. So you know, enough of that. And then there was this whole kerfuffle that has been brought up. And he's got the whole fan base in a tizzy. I've noticed it even with the independent media guys. They're, it's the dropped passes and the penalties. Now, these two things were originated from the media. And they have just really hammered it home. And what I'm seeing is a lot of people are turning against Bruce Arians now. I mean, in the comment section and the replies and all that good stuff, I'm seeing people are saying, you know, Arians sucks. He's just not a good coach. They need to get rid of him. Which is just outrageous. Like, it's it's been one loss. You right. Know? Yeah, not only that, like, but the, the arguments that they're bringing up. Okay, <clears throat> the penalties. No, let, let's talk about the dropped passes first. Okay, it was Scott Reynolds from the Pewter Report that brought up the dropped passes. He asked Bruce Arians if the Bruce Arians has an issue with it because we're number one in the league, according to some unnamed website, in dropped passes. And Bruce Arians laughed it off. He was like, I don't know who comes up with these stats, but our, we got good receivers that catch the ball. You know, we have one bad game with them dropping the ball. But other than that, no issues. Move on. Well, that wasn't enough. You know, it got everybody was just like, what is he? What is wrong with him? Doesn't he understand analytics? Is he not? Oh, for God's sakes. Yeah, it's the stats guys. You know, I can't stand that. Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Continue. <laughs> we'll get on a long tirade. Well, yeah, if we, I know. If we keep up here. I'm trying to keep this short. The. The stats guys love to point at stats for everything. Like, it's the end-all, be-all. But it's not. It's a tool. It's like you can't build a house with just a hammer. You have to have a bunch of different tools. Stats are just a tool. They can help you give some insight into things, but they are not, by any stretch of the imagination, the end-all, be-all of football. For example, the dropped passes. You know, there are sites out there that say we are the leaders in dropped passes, or we're at least in the top three in all the stats that I've seen. And again, it's a subjective thing. It's like quarterback pressures. You know, it's totally subjective. There's no, 
definition for what is a dropped pass? Well, there's so many other variables, too. For instance, how many times are you throwing the ball compared to everybody else? Exactly. I mean, if you're just going by raw numbers, that's going to make a difference. And it should be weighted depending on how many passes you're throwing a game. Right. And you know who's number one in the most attempts so far this year? Passes. The Bucks. The Dallas Cowboys. Okay. You know who leads in dropped passes? The Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys. Imagine you that. Know, you know who's <laughs> that number so two? Weird. You know who's number two in pass attempts this year? Uh, the Green Bay Packers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. You know who's See, number two in answer. dropped passes? <laughs> the, the Green Tampa Bay Packers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it just makes sense. What, ma- what would matter is percentage. Yeah. You know, and then even still... Our number one dropped pass passer, I don't know, receiver, whatever, is Ronald Jones with three. Okay, so what are we going to do? Bench Ronald Jones? You know who number two is? Mike Evans. Mike Evans. What are we going to do? Bench Mike Evans? <laughs> it's so stupid. It is the dumbest First thing. First of all, with Rojo, you're like, okay, we know that this is what he is. I yeah. mean, like. Yes. Rojo, I mean, he's got the, the club hands, like, just. Don't throw it to him. Uh, <laughs> he does okay. Yeah, he does. I mean, three <laughs> out of the whole season. That's not that bad. It's only five weeks in, too. Though, so. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, like Mike Evans. What are you going to do? Are you going to bench Mike Evans? Right, right. I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, need to correct this. We, we're fourth in the league for pass attempts. Okay. Okay. But the point's still saying we're, we're 20th for pass completion percentage. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? Yeah. Guess who Tom Brady's ahead of in that category? Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Baker Mayfield. All of them are four and one. Baker Mayfield is four and one? <laughs> oh, what kind of garbage <laughs> teams yeah, are The power playing? rankings came out yesterday. They're number two. What? Behind the Green Bay Get Packers. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, I was like, what? Who makes up that shit? They should lose their job. Is that pro football focus? That sounds like some <laughs> shit they put out. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, and we're 12th for yards a game in passing yeah so we pass a lot you know and we're gonna have drop balls and that's gonna create you know us at the top of these stupid lists okay which means and look at our receiving core like we have two stud receivers who by the way have been injured Mm -hmm. i mean like chris godwin we've been missing him but in any case our stud receivers are better than almost every receiver in this league. Like, right. what are you gonna do? Right, you gonna you, <laughs> if they can't catch you gonna the bench ball, them? Who you think is gonna catch them? I know. And I mean, since Andre Hopkins, yeah, like I mean, Chris has been out, Chris Godwin. So then you have the you know Scotty Miller is playing in his place, and then you know you just keep moving them up, and so that happens, especially when you have receivers who haven't played you know we had like tyler johnson mm-hmm. and cyril grayson mm-hmm. who right off his fucking helmet <laughs> i think he's dropped too uh, yeah but then again again you know i i would look at it and i'd say hey they've dropped more passes than what are being registered but again it's totally subjective who who's to say what is a dropped pass what constitutes a drop pass if you right. can get your hands on it does that constitute a drop pass? If it bounces off your face? If it bounces does that off your count? face, yeah. I mean, yeah, seriously, if you're running across the field and you don't see the ball coming, you turn your head and it hits you in the face and bounces off, is that a drop pass? 
Don't know. You have to ask people to come up with these stats. Ronald Jones is tied for most dropped passes. He's tied with Ezekiel Elliott with three. So you that's know, why they're running Ezekiel backs, Elliott guys. Must suck too. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're running backs. Yeah. Mike Evans has two dropped passes. He's tied for fifth in the league. A whole bunch of people have two. <laughs> so anyhow, that just it goes to show that it was a silly question, and Bruce Andrews totally right in his response. He just chuckled. He was like, I don't know who comes up with this crap. Our guys can catch the ball. We don't have a problem. But then the penalties. Now, this is one, it seems to make sense. You're like, well, look at us. We we were number one in penalties last year. We've been in the top three every year for the past 10 years. <laughs> you know, it's just, we just, and maybe, and that's why. When you lose, everybody rushes to find out, to find somebody to blame. That's yeah. how it always happens, you know. And so when you're at the top of the penalty thing, the penalty list, that's a, that's a easy pickings, right? And especially when you've lost. Right. When you lose like a game people, and you had a lot of penalties in yeah. that game, you go, well, that's the reason why we lost. Kevin O'Donnell from Fox 13 News Tampa asked Bruce Arians about this. And I love the way he asked it because he wasn't asking it like your team sucks. He was saying, what's up with the refs? He said, he <laughs> asked, do you believe, he asked Arians, do you believe that refs target teams and bruce arian said no but i do believe they target players and he brought up ryan jensen as being one of them and i applauded i was like oh fantastic answer although i do believe they target teams but yeah uh, i mean how are you the top 10 in i mean in the top three what did you say in the past 10 years the top three yeah. yeah we've been top three in the past 10 years something like that. it averages out or something i mean like we've had like five coaches right Right, so how's that We've happening? had so many roster turnovers. Mm-hmm. Well, so two of the coaches. Are, how's your team consistently? Two of the coaches, Cutter and Arians, run extremely complex offenses. So yeah. you know, the more complex something is, the easier it is to break. It's easier to make mistakes. But anyhow, getting back to the penalties, being the top on that list doesn't mean a thing. It's total BS when people point this out. Uh Houston Texans are fifth best in the league with fewest penalties. And they're what? 0 and 5? 1 and 4. Oh, 1 and 4. Denver, they got a win. Good for Denver them. Denver is right beside, right behind them, and they're 1 and 3. Washington is next, and they're 1 and 4. Four of the top 10 teams with the fewest penalties have losing records. Oh, my God. Oh, it gets worse. It gets okay. worse. The Dolphins are second best in the league with only three pre-snap penalties. They're two and three. Oh, the, the Jets only have seven pre-snap penalties. They're 0 oh and 5. <laughs> the Bucks are tied for first with 15. Us and the Eagles. The Chiefs have, the Chiefs have 12. They're fourth. The Buffalo Bills have 11. They're eighth. That's are pre-snap penalties. So the top... Teams have a lot of pre-snap penalties. Four of the top most, four of the top five most penalized teams have winning records: Tampa, Arizona, Chicago, Buffalo, Saints, Dallas, Kansas City. Only three of the top ten in penalties have losing records. That's the Jets, Jacksonville, and Cincinnati. Jacksonville, and Cincinnati are ninth and tenth. So penalties don't mean a damn thing. The top 10 penalized teams, Tampa, Arizona, Jets, Chicago, New Orleans, Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Cincinnati. Only one, uh, the, the only three of them have 
losing records. So that means seven of the top ten most penalized teams have winning records right now. And then this this is the big one to me. It's all you got to look in context. All penalties are not the same. I mean, a penalty for jumping off sides when you're up forty five to two in the fourth quarter with one minute left mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. But when it's fourth and one and you jump off sides, you know, on a game winning drive, that's an important penalty. So and penalties don't really mean anything when you take them out of context. For example, we had a penalty against the Bears for too many men on the field of our defense. Did you know that? No. I know, because it was during a Nick Foles kneel down with 33 seconds left in the game. Oh. It gave them five yards for their next kneel down. Uh, that's crazy. I right. had no idea. Right. I was already sad by that point. And, and a, lot of penalties, a lot of penalties don't mean anything. Because if, if you get a five-yard penalty, and then the next play, you sack them, and then they have to punt. Yeah. Does that penalty mean anything? No, or no. like during an extra point. Right. All right. And you get to move forward five yards like, okay, or back great. five yards or whatever. Yeah. So all penalties are not the same. And I think it's a ridiculous argument. It's just people grasping for, you know, why, why did we lose this game? We should not have lost this game. And that's a good segue right into the game film. Let me guess. The refs lost us this game. <laughs> and that's what I said <laughs> after watching the game, right? I was okay. like, the refs cost us the game. And I went on this big tirade about mm-hmm. how they, you know, again, it was they specifically, there were certain penalties that extremely helped the Bears get points or gain good field position. And uh, I said that, you know, right behind that, or probably a, a, a quite a bit of ways from but second place was we beat ourselves right Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't to me it wasn't even a question that chicago beat us they didn't okay that was after the game okay now this happens all the time where i watch the game film and it i chose it totally changes my perspective i'm like oh now my goodness you know no it wasn't the refs or oh my gosh we sucked or, or they played great football or whatever that didn't happen this time. As a matter of fact, everything was reinforced extremely, like exponentially. The refs sucked. But I counted 26 bad or missed calls by the refs. Whoa. And you know me. When I, when I see a, a hold or a pass interference or anything, it has to be blatant to me. I mean, I don't do ticky-tack stuff. I, you know, I'm like, if I go, well, I can't really tell. I can't see his hand or whatever. I just go, I just move on. I go, okay, whatever. That was that's twenty six penalties that they missed or they called that were wrong, and all of them were blatant. That's bad. That's really bad. In the New Orleans game, I think where there was twenty nine. Yeah, something. Yeah, like that. so this was on that level. But here's the difference: a lot of the uncalled penalties were on us. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have never seen our offensive line hold so much. In the first quarter of this game, we beat the ever-living crap out of them. Their defensive line, I mean, we were tossing them, literally tossing them, grabbing them and tossing them, and just beating them into the ground. Not just holding, but we were much more physical. All the way through this game, we were the much more physical team. And uh, the the first, I'd say the first quarter, maybe the whole first half, we got a lot of penalties that were not called. There were false starts. And uh, pass interferences, <laughs> holdings, hands to the face. I oh mean, it was God. all over the place. And a lot of it was us. A lot of it was us. Uh, but, you know, a lot of it was them. Now, they had, 
the, the, the refs were just so weird in this game. They were so weird. It's like they called a false start on Donovan Smith one time. And I had to frame by frame it, slow it down, and go frame by frame to see him move. I mean, it was just a little flinch. I, I was like, wow, that was, that was incredible. And they called him false start for that. But then twice else during the game, the guy moved a half a second before the ball snaps and they didn't call it. Us or the Bears? Us. Donovan Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but then they did it to the Bears, too. There was one they, they, they did a false start on uh, Neil. I think he was the right guard. And again, I had to frame by frame it in slow motion to see the guy move. And I'm like, wow, that's really ticky tacky. But then there was two times where they false started. And, you know, it was blatantly obvious and it didn't get flagged. So these refs were just, they were absolutely horrible. They were trash. Absolutely trash. And they were, the ref crew was the Alex Kemp crew. Gave them a grade F. Can't get no worse. So they were really bad. I wonder how the ref grades compare when we win versus when we lose. <laughs> well, so far it's been like the exact uh, two games we've Fs. lost. Yeah, two games we've lost have been both Fs. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, we when we win, it's like an A plus plus. Great job, refs. <laughs> uh, no, I've never done that. No, <laughs> never done that. C is the highest I've ever given. You got a grave on on a curve in that case. (laughs) (laughs) Now, our offensive line, man, I have heard so many people trash our offensive line. Okay, and that was my initial thought after Mm -hmm. the game was that the defensive line really gave them fits. Right, right. Absolutely untrue. Couldn't be further from the truth. We beat the crap out of their defensive line. Yes. It it was amazing. Now, there were a few plays where, you know, our our guys got beat. It's always going to happen. Uh, even if you're playing against the crappiest defense. But was it because they were holding? Who? Our offensive line. No, 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 no. We were we definitely out physical them. I mean, we were pushing them around. That's that's why Ronald Jones had such a good run in the game. I mean, we were <laughs> opening up holes for that guy. Incredible. They're just they're just not very good at run stopping, I guess. But our offensive line played really great. They played with a lot of energy. Uh, they worked together well and all that. But there were a few issues where it made it look like they sucked. There was one play, and I, I mentioned it in the podcast when I was watching the, the broadcast, that it looked like they were blocking for a screen pass when Brady was going looking downfield. Yeah. Well, well, after I looked at it on the All-22, it wasn't a screen pass. They were going out for a run. Uh, oh. Gronkowski runs out, and it blocks a linebacker. Uh, Jensen, yeah, Jensen... It was either Jensen or Marpet. He he chip blocks and then goes out to block a linebacker. They do great blocks. Everybody blocked <laughs> well. But the guys on the end, Dwarfs and Donovan both let their defenders go by. You know, just kind of pushed them because they thought it was going to be a run up the middle, apparently. And everybody on the line blocked like it was going to be a run up the middle. And unfortunately, the running back and a quarterback didn't get that message. And so they could drop back for a pass. And uh the two edge guys just met at tom brady and so then, what was it that made tom go off on them do you recall yes there was that one series where we had i think six penalties in a row okay and uh that was the one where jensen got called for unsportsmanship like that was such bullshit we'll get to that in a minute okay uh don't let me forget about that okay 
Uh, there was another play where Donovan, uh, Khalil Mack got a sack on Donovan, and Donovan had him dead to riots and went to push him. Uh, Mack was running by him, and you know Donovan kind of let him go by him because he knew that when he got him to the side, he could just shove him into the rest of the line. He was just going to push him into the rest of the line. And he went to shove him, and his left hand missed. <gasps> Um, so he only got him with one arm. Yeah, you could see you could see his left hand went. It scraped the back of his jersey, uh, and so Khalil Mack was able to get by him. And I was like, "Oh man, that was that was really good technique." I was like really impressed by Donovan what he was doing there, and then he just had a brain fart there at the end. Tristan Worse, no, everybody was talking about how Khalil Mack just manhandled him all day. Not even close. Really? Not even close. No. And here's the thing: Tristan Worse twisted his ankle in. Uh, let me see. It, I think it was three minutes in the first quarter. It was very early in the first quarter. Yeah, he twisted it really bad. He dropped immediately to the ground. And uh, uh, when he rolled over, he got on all fours and sat there for a while before the whistle blew. And I watched him. He didn't really look like it affected him too much, but he, he did limp a little bit. You know, but uh, that was pretty tough because it, it was a bad twist. It was all of his weight, you know, on his twisted ankle mm-hmm. uh so you know th- that gives him an excuse but the he did get beat a couple of times and but the one where mac came around got the sack and then hip tosses worse that one really really pisses me off for a number of reasons one uh that should have been unnecessary roughness and yeah. we talked about that after the game and not a single person in the media has pointed that out. As a matter of fact, they keep, and this is our media, Bucks media. They, they actually tweeted out pictures of that as a highlight play, talking about how Worfs needs to, you know, he'll get better, don't worry, or, you know, what? all this good stuff. I'm like, why, why would you do that? Why would you tweet that out or put that picture, that gif up, you know, of Worfs getting hip-tossed? By Khalil Mack. But it definitely 100% should have been a penalty. I mean, it's a very definition of unnecessary roughness. Right, and the whistle had blown, right? The whistle had already blown. Wirfs was pushing Mack off of Brady. You know, uh, Mack had, you know, sacked him and was kind of like leaning on him a little bit. So Wirf comes over and Wirfs was already moving in that direction. Anyhow, and he starts pushing Mack and he's pushing, but but Wirfs was tripped up because he was at a bad angle when he you know, went to push Mac off of him. And so he was falling forward and Mac could have very easily have just stepped out of the way or, you know, just walked backwards and worse would have fallen on his face. But instead what he did is he hooked his arm, put his leg between Worf's legs and hip tossed him. And there's two refs standing right there looking at that. This is after the whistle. It's just amazing to me, but yet they will call Ryan Jensen for what he did is he walked up to, uh, one of the cornerbacks and pushed his head forward, you know, tilted his head forward and they both bumped face masks. And that was considered a personal foul. That is insane to me. One that that was considered a personal foul because that happens almost after every play. Mm-hmm. And two that they didn't call uh Mac, but they would call Jensen for that. It's right. just insane. That was how stupid these refs were in this game. So the offensive line, I thought, I thought they played great. I, I, I give them a B minus. I give them a B minus. They do not deserve the crap they were getting. Every, all the fans, the fans are just upset that they lost. 
Yeah. You know, we expected to win. It was on national television. It was kind of embarrassing the way it ended. So that brings me to the next point. <clears throat> we lost this game. We all, we actually lost it a little bit worse than I thought we did. We had some screw-ups. Offensive line played great. Defensive line played great. Uh, linebackers, eh, you know, they were there. Uh, the, cor- <laughs> they were there. The, the quarterback screwed up. Really? Bit. Yeah. Yeah. They they got confused a bit. Uh, they tripped over each other a little bit. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. First time I've seen that happen this year huh. uh, where they looked a little confused out there and made simple mistakes. We just don't do that on this team. And then Tom Brady, he had an off night. Worst game I've seen him play with us. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, he had the fumbled snap. Mm-hmm. I looked at it and from my analysis, it looked like it was his fault. Uh, because he was turning away as the ball was snapped. That that one's hard to tell, though, but I'm, I'm going to pin it on Brady anyhow. Uh, he had a lot of inaccurate passes for him. You know, not real bad ones, but some of them, you know, cost us dearly. You know, third down passes that were thrown off. Uh, you know, and then, of course, there was a uh, – he missed seeing three or four open receivers. Some worse he's done in that. He's been great all year long. I think I've counted two all year wow. long. Yeah, I've really been impressed with him on that. But this game, yeah, he missed quite a few. Uh, as a matter of fact, on that Devon, where he threw at Devon, and Vaughn got hit and fumbled, uh, Johnson was wide open Ugh. over on the left. Yeah, uh, And then there was, of course, the fourth down. I forgot it was fourth down. I mean, it's just not Tom Brady. There was something, right. something going on there. So he didn't play well, and the cornerbacks, they muffed up more than they should have. Uh, so, you know, th- th- those things cost us a game. And the thing with it is, is those things happened at bad times. Uh, there was one where Barrett went into coverage on Montgomery and 24 Carlton Davis uh, goes over to, like, help him out and ends up bumping Barrett off of oh, Montgomery. And here's the thing. This is this is one of those things where, you know, sometimes luck just the ball bounces your way. Well, I didn't on this one. Uh, Shaq Barrett hit Foles as he was throwing. It was either Shaq Barrett or JPP. I can't remember. Uh, got his arm. I don't know how he got the ball out. To be yeah. honest. With you. And if you watch it, it's like it that floats. Teddy Bridgewa- Bridgewater like flick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, flick. yeah. But uh, if you watch the ball on that play, it floats really high. And when I first watched it, I was like, "Wow, that was a really incredible pass by Foles because he laid it in there perfectly." Yeah, you know, between three guys. And uh, in the in the replay, no, he gets his arm hit. So it probably would have been a bad pass if he would have thrown it the way Dang he would have it. thrown it. I know. And then. <laughs> when that, does that ever happen? Yeah. So on that play, uh, Carlton Davis messes up, bumps Barrett off his guy, just gives him a little bit of space. And Foles gets hit as he's throwing it, lobs up in the air, and it lands right in Montgomery's hands. Dang like it. a perfect pass. You're like, wow. Yeah. You know, you can't get more of a, a screwed up and that was on a third de- no it was on a second down but that put them a field goal that was their field goal winning drive Man. yeah that play right there is what how often does that happen though where you hit a quarterback and he makes a better throw <laughs> than he would have otherwise that is like a fluke thing that never happens yeah i know uh we got a lot of pressure on him surprisingly especially in the fourth quarter now he was getting the ball out so fast Especially in the first half. I didn't realize he was uh, one of those guys. Well, uh, Jamal Dean did a a press conference, and he said that they had game planned for long passes because that's what 
Chicago has shown on film. You know, I think that uh, Chuck Pagano just really has he, he knows. Bruce, Arians Bruce Arians' number. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that's Dolphins defense, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but he has insight into. Uh, Bruce Arians. Bruce yeah. Arians, yeah. yeah. So. Right. Uh, so. Foles was able to get this ball out so quick that our defensive line really couldn't get to him a whole lot. Uh, anytime he held the ball for more than you know 2.7 seconds, we were on top of it. As a matter of fact, there was one drive in the fourth quarter, two drives actually, but one drive in particular where they had six plays. We sacked him twice and hit him five times <laughs> in six plays. <laughs> yeah. They gained... Two yards in six plays, and I think they had a, a penalty to for like fifteen yards. But anyhow, wow. they didn't go anywhere, and we and we just beat the crap out of them. Yeah, uh, our defense did pretty good. I'm, I'm worried about Vita being out. That's going to be a big thing. Oh, we, I wanted to talk about that. We'll get to it. Okay. Uh, we we did something interesting with our uh, outside linebackers. You know how Barrett has been playing on the left, and JPP has been playing on the right, which is the exact opposite of what they did last year. Uh, they used to switch a lot last year, but uh, Barrett played a lot on the right. Well, in this game, about halfway through the third quarter, they switched. And then they played that away through the rest of the game, mm-hmm. where they went back to where Barrett was on the right. As you're looking, if you're at the defense, you're looking, that's the right. It's mm-hmm. the left of the quarterback. Okay. Barrett went on that side, and JPP went back to you know, decide he's he's usually playing. Was there on. like a triggering event? Like I I, I didn't did see it. it. I didn't see anything that made him do that. But it mm-hmm. seemed to work because we we really started getting a lot of pressure from those two guys. But then again, we did a lot of the dropping uh, those guys back into coverage again. It's just too much. We do it too much. You know, I, I mean, it's working, I guess, because we got a monster defense. But you know, I I want to see Barrett get some sacks. <laughs> And when you throw him back in coverage, he can't get sacked. Yeah. And when he's back in coverage 25% of the time, he ain't going to get the sacks. So uh, the Bears did not by any stretch of the imagination beat us. Uh, The refs played a crappy game. If anything, I would say we beat ourselves and then the refs just sucked really bad. (laughs) You know, if if I had to switch things up because we, we did do some boneheaded stuff. It really wasn't the penalties that much, though. It was just things like uh, being out of position. Uh, who was it? SMB, Murphy Bunting, blue coverage one time. Uh, really? We, yeah, we don't do that. Yeah, right? we're he, like, very never disciplined. Does that. I wonder if like the short week kind of compounded it. It might have, you know, because because Brady wasn't playing, but they had a short a short week too. So, right. You know, yeah, I know, but they didn't have to travel. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there was a lot, a lot of stuff. I had actually 98 uh, plays with notes, and there were out of approximately 170. <laughs> wow. So there was a lot that went on in this game. Uh, I'll have the things I found interesting video out tomorrow. It's late this week, of course. Uh, so it'll be out probably by lunch. Check it out. There's a few good, interesting things in there. Uh, I, I would really like to just do a whole video of this this game and just, you know, just go all the way through it. But we just don't have time. There's no way. It's a long one. I'd, I'd love to sit here and just talk about all this stuff. We used to be able to do that where we did just one podcast yeah. solely on all 22. We got to we got to get off our bus, man. We are too <laughs> slack. Okay, I do have a YouTube comment that I liked. Uh, 
that was positive. Uh, it was a short week away game. This is Namek on YouTube. So thanks for the comment. Uh, it was a short week away game. Lots of injuries on offense. No Godwin, no Fournette, no OJ Howard, Evans, and Miller playing hurt. And two rookies, Tyler Johnson and Keyshawn Vaughn, having to step in, up in a high-profile primetime game. I'm That's not. Good point. Yeah. I'm not surprised Bucks lost this game, and I don't think Bucks fans should feel bad about this. Week six against Packers is a home game. Godwin and Fournette should be back. Evans and Miller injuries should be feeling better after 10 days rest. And we have 10 days to prepare for the Packers. Brady is pissed, and he will be totally focused on destroying the Packers next week. We will be fine. And I love this optimism. That is great, yeah. Is, uh, I that is fantastic. Like, I couldn't remember it just now sitting here, but I was like, I know I screenshotted something for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic. What was his name? Uh, Namek. Namek. I think I'm I'm probably butchering that. Good comment, man. We appreciate Thank that, buddy. You. That's exactly the mindset us Buccaneer fans should have. Exactly. Uh, you yeah. know, everybody expresses their fandoms in different way, but. You know, mm -hmm. to help the team, let's be positive. Let's do yeah. this, man. Yeah. We got this. Yeah, you know, it was. And you really have to put it in your perspective because we're only three and two. Like, it's five weeks into the we're season. We're still top of the division. We, uh, we, yeah, we're tied now. It's in a three-way tie with the Saints and Panthers. We're second, mm -hmm. technically. Right. Uh, so, it's not. And you got to figure, like, remember last season, the team both on both sides of the ball it took them a while to really click like the offense kind of clicked early mm -hmm. and then the defense wasn't which really screwed us a few times yes and then kind of towards the middle of the season it seemed like the defense clicked and the offense was clicked at the same time mm -hmm. and we had some good games in there and then unfortunately the offense kind of fell apart towards the end yeah yeah. But the defense, you know, we don't have to worry about the defense clicking this year. Like, they mm -hmm. they got it. So just imagine when the offense really starts clicking, and they're not even playing that bad. No. And uh, this game illustrates that, uh, you know, the offense really does need time. Uh, you yeah. know, there was quite a few plays where I was like, was that an inaccurate play or was it just miscommunication between the receivers? Yeah, we and Brady? saw that a lot last year with Jameis. But and this the is receivers. a very hard offense to understand because it's not set routes. You know, I mean, it's these routes are all dependent on what the defense is doing. So they change all the time. You know, so you might think that, you know, as a quarterback, that the guy's going to cut this way, but he's going to see something different. And he's going to cut the other way. So, you know, and, and it, it seems to happen quite. Quite enough to be an issue, but once they're getting they get on the same page, uh, you can see great things happen. For instance, the interception Brady threw at the beginning of the year to Mike Evans. Mike Evans saw something different than what Brady did, mm -hmm. and you know Brady was expecting him to cut in, and he instead you know, turned around. Well, the same they did the same exact thing a couple of weeks later, and they both read it the same way. Boom. Mike Evans ended up getting what, like a seventy-yard mm -hmm. reception or so, forty-nine. It was a, it was a big reception. Yeah, it was a big run after the catch. So you know when when this stuff clicks, you know we're damn near unstoppable. Yeah, and I think what we're experiencing here is a little bit of growing pains. Yeah, yeah. But you know it's all kind of relative, and when you think about it, I mean we lost this game by one point. Right, and they brought their A game. 
This is the best game they played all year long. Yeah. They didn't make hardly any mistakes. And we were making mistakes all over the place. And we still mm-hmm. could have won at the end. You know, I mean, we only needed, what, like 20 yards to go with yeah. 40 seconds left. There's no way we weren't going to do that. And then yeah. Tom Brady had a brain fart. Yeah. You know, so it was just us. We just, we beat ourselves. Yeah. And I, you know, look how the offensive line is playing. Yeah, I'm very impressed with the offensive line. Yeah. Really. And uh, it was funny. We Ralph and I were talking the other day about how mean all of them are playing, even mm-hmm. like Allie. Yeah. It's such a difference it is so from crazy. before, and it's just so weird. Yeah. Yeah, Allie Marpet had a couple of mean shoves <laughs> in this one, and after play fights and stuff, it was, you know, it, to see Allie Marpet play it tough. You know, Allie Marpet's a good player, but he's very, you know, technical and calm, cool, collective. They called uh, him year, the uh, mom. Kate, yeah, the mom of the offensive line. Yeah, his teammates did. So when you piss the mama bear off, that's what that's it what is. They're doing. <laughs> oh yeah, Jensen's out there just throwing people around. Uh, he actually grabbed a guy. <clears throat> this was in the the first drive in the first quarter. He grabs a guy and tosses him, and he tosses him into. Uh, I want to say it was a Kappa. Yeah, and knocked like three people. It was like he was bowling. And he just <laughs> grabs hold of him. I mean, it should have been holding. There's no doubt about it. But he just grabs the guy, like picks him up and throws him. This is a defensive lineman. I was what? like, man, you're starting this off. Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I love it. Yes. Uh, so, you know, it was, it, was, it was an interesting game to watch. Very exciting. I stretched it out over, what, three days, I think. Yeah. But... Uh, anyhow, we've got the Green Bay Packers coming up. That is in the Chicago Bears. Same division, same record. No, wait, Green Bay is undefeated, right? Yeah, they're undefeated. They 4 0. 4 0. But listen, they, they had a bye week already? Yeah, they had a bye last week. Remember? Uh, See, I couldn't remember it last week. That's right. And now this week, you can't remember. <laughs> yes, that's right. There we go. Uh, you know, but they've played really losing teams. Like, they played Minnesota. One, Detroit, one, New Orleans, one, Bear. Well, that one was, they beat them by seven, 37 to 30. And then Atlanta. Yeah, but they've been, they've been scoring like 40 points on all these teams. Yeah, they average 38 points a game. What is everybody else scoring on them? Do you have I don't that? know. No, That's I don't. okay. I don't have it pulled up. I, I know uh, Detroit put up 30-some. Uh New Orleans put up 30. Somewhere. Yeah, I think Minnesota, too. Yeah. Remember, Minnesota was within 10 at one point. Mm-hmm. Poor Minnesota, man. They've been playing good football, but... Man, man we were watching that game. Yeah. We watched... We started week one and watched Minnesota, Green Bay. And we were watching it. We're like, dang, this is like a close game. And then you look at the score and it was like... Minnesota was down like 18 points. Yeah, we both were like, what in the world? What? This feels a lot closer than what the score is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were running the ball really effectively. The same thing happened with Seattle. I mean, they just beat the crap out of Seattle. Yeah. The Seahawks during that whole game and somehow lost. I don't know how they did it. It, I don't know, Minnesota, man. I don't know what you got going on over there, but. Score some points. (laughs) (laughs) Something. Put some points up with that nice-looking football team. Yeah. So, Green Bay, very interesting team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the key. No questions about this. I mean, the guy is super accurate, probably the most accurate uh, passer in the league. 
His stats this year are just insane. They are every year. He's thrown 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm-hmm. So I want to get our first, his first interception. I tell you, he just doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. I know, I know. I, I think he's got, what, two or three pick sixes his whole career, and it's been 16 <laughs> years. Yeah, he doesn't throw interceptions. He's just so accurate with the ball. Yeah. Um, and he's very mobile. If you If you leave him in the pocket, he's going to pick you apart. If you try to blitz him, uh, he's going to pick you apart. If you flush him out of the pocket, he's going to pick you apart. <laughs> you know, he can run the ball. Uh, he can run, throw the ball while he's running very accurately. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will, if you get him, he's kind of like uh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. If you get him in your grasp or if he thinks he's going to get sacked, he's throwing that ball. You know, so he he's, he gets a few intentional groundings, not as many as he should, of course. <laughs> But, we saw that one the other night. Yeah, he, got he threw one. Gra- yeah, me yeah. and you both were so mad. Uh, Let's think about intentional we need to call this. Yeah, we're like, what? That should be the flag was late. They I always feel like are a, with intentional. I know, isn't that weird? Like they're gonna talk about it. I'm like, that was blatant. We well, saw it because it takes three refs to decide. It has to be what uh, the line. Yeah, the, the the line judge has to see go past the line of scrimmage or not. The uh, the back judge. Has to say whether the judge, whether the quarterback went outside the pocket or not. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it's it, they have to get together. That's why the intentional grounding penalties are always late. Like They're like committee. twenty seconds after the play. Yeah. So yeah, but me and you, we were just immediately we were like, "What?" Screaming we we for that penalty. And then they throw the flag. We're like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so their defense, uh, nothing special. Uh, they're they're really built to rush the passer, it seems like to me. They, they're they built because they know Green Bay is going to score points. So the defense's job is when teams fall behind or teams try to keep up with Rodgers to just attack your quarterback, attack your quarterback, attack your quarterback. Yeah, they're ranked, ranked eighth in rushing defense, but 19th in passing. Yeah. So. Wait, eighth in rush? Yeah, in rush defense. That must I be know. yardage. That must be Probably, yardage. yeah. Because I, I don't think a lot of teams are running against them. Oh, that's true. You know, you're getting, that's a good point. You're getting the Green Bay's getting up on teams by 18 points and they're having to throw the ball. Yeah. So uh, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers is going to be a handful, man. He is going yeah. to be a handful. Their offense is like nuts this yeah. year. Their first in scoring offense, second in overall offense, third in passing offense, fifth in rushing offense. And that's first, with that's with a bye week already. Yeah. yeah. And first in sacks per pass attempt allowed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they they do not play around. There here's the thing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is extremely accurate, extremely, extremely accurate, and their receivers will catch that ball. They will climb over top of you to catch that ball. They will. It doesn't matter if there's a guy in their face. If if you are completely covering their face and everything, but there's a little hole about the size of a pinhead that they can see. I don't even think they need to see. <laughs> if there's a hole the size of a football. Anywhere around them, you are not going to stop that pass because uh, and they're going to catch it. They're they're so used to getting the ball when when Aaron Rodgers throws them the ball, they're used to it. It's in their hands. 
And they will catch that ball no matter where it's at, no matter who's on them, no matter how many people are around them. So do not expect a lot of pass defenses. You know, uh, once that ball leaves Aaron Rodgers' hand, it's either a catch or hopefully an interception. But I, I've seen so many guys try and defend these passes. You can't do it. You can be right on top of the pass, the receiver, and he will throw it somewhere where it'll go under your armpit or between your <laughs> legs or something. And, anywhere uh, with a little bit of daylight. Yeah, anywhere with daylight, and he will get it in there, and the receiver will catch it, and then just run down the field. You can't jump the passes because these guys will catch it and run with it. The Green Bay Packers also have a great run game. Yeah, Aaron Jones is third in yards from scrimmage and second in rushing yards before the bye game. Yeah. By week. Well, they use a fullback. And they use a lot of power-heavy sets. Uh, they, they, they mix up a lot of old-school football plays, you know, wings and uh, eye formations, uh, heavy runs straight up the middle with uh, crazy tricky plays. You know, they're, they're a very uh, elaborate offense. You never know what's coming. You know, if they're, if they're lined up in the eye with, with three tight ends, you know, you think there ain't no way they're going to pass the ball. It's all, they're going to run it. And the next thing you know, they've scored a touchdown for 60 yards you mm-hmm. know, on some pass play. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is just extremely difficult to sack. You know, like I said, you know, if he feels like he's going to get sacked, he's throwing the ball. And he can outrun most defenders too. That uh, I mean, we've got some people who can can keep up with him. I'll, I'll bring that up when I come up with a game plan. We're going to talk about here, but uh, don't expect us to just you know blitz and get him. It's just not going to happen. He does a lot of hard counts. I mean, almost every. Oh yeah, damn. he's so good but, at those. Yeah, I mean, he's he just so goes up. He gets up the line. He's like. Hey, Mm-hmm. <laughs> hike and you know it's like well i have I, I can't understand his snap count at all uh but the vast majority i would say 90 percent of his scrambles and or bootlegs whatever are to the right so that's going to be a game plan thing i think we can use here uh so what do you think what do you think we should do? I don't know. What are we going to do without Vita? Like, what is that going to look like? It's going to hurt. Well, we got Cleo Davis, right? The yes. new guy. So he'll, he'll be in rotation. Nacho's going to take Vea's place, but uh, it's going to be tough. You can't replace Vea. I know. He's such a presence there. Nacho's got a lot of energy, and he's a little bit faster than Vea. The Vea was not a slouch. But he does not have that strength, man. I mean, he can't yeah. just—he can't hold spots like Van. He can't toss guys around. Hopefully, hopefully he'll, you know, impress us. He'll surprise us all. Uh, Khalil uh, Davis—that's his name, right? Davis? Yeah, Khalil Davis. Don't know a thing about him, so that'll be fun. It's a young guy, yeah. rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to keep it out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Mm-hmm. So, running the ball. Give it to Rojo. Mm-hmm. He's on a streak, man. Yeah, and it's our offensive line. Yeah. No, no, not to disparage Rojo. I mean, he's definitely improved a lot. He's not yeah. running at guys now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He's, 
trying to avoid people a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, and, but see, I think this, I think everybody thinks this. You, you got to run the ball to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Yeah. Because they're going to score. We, we're not going to stop them from scoring. There's no, there's no getting around. Yeah, you can't. You know. So you just have to keep it out of his hands. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're going to score in all different kinds of ways. They're going to score on screen passes. They're going to score on bombs down the field. They're going to score on crosses over the middle. They're going to run it. I and mean, they can do it all on offense. Uh, they're, they're tight end, mm-hmm. you know, and he's leading the league in touchdowns, I think. For oh, tight really? End. Yeah. And nobody ever heard of Tanyan or some crap like that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they're, they're going to score. I mean, they're going to rack up mm-hmm. probably 28 points. Is, you know, Minimum. Yeah. So that, yeah, I think that would probably be their lowest score of the season, wouldn't it be? Uh, we are the best defense they've played yet, though. Yeah, I mean, looking at their opponents, they're not – Great. But we do have a couple of things that I think are going to give them fits or give Aaron Rodgers fits. One of them, Shaquille Barrett. Shaquille Barrett can keep up with Aaron Rodgers. And Shaquille Barrett is extremely football smart. He does not get fooled. And they do a lot of tricky stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And if we keep him over on the left side, right side of the offense, uh, that's the way – Aaron Rodgers normally, when he scrambles, he goes that away. Or when he, they run bootlegs, he goes that away. Mm-hmm. If we keep Shaquille Barrett over there as kind of like a spy, you know. Oh, that's a good idea. Then we can contain Aaron Rodgers in that sense and allow our guys to rush in from the left or up the middle. Up the middle, he's extremely vulnerable. If you can get up the middle really fast, you know, with our linebackers, Devin White. Mm-hmm. And uh, Levante David, if they can blitz up the middle real quick, or even Winfield, yeah, you know, just have them go up the middle just fast as they can. We can get to Aaron Rodgers, but can't have Shaquille Barrett over there as a stopgap. You, know, you don't think they'll have Levante like spying him? No, no, I, I don't think they should. No, no. Uh, we're gonna need all we can back there <laughs> to either <laughs> take him down or try to get his passes out of the air. That's going to be a tough one. No, that's what I mean, like spotting him in case he tries to run. No, I don't think we're going to spy spy him, no. He's he's not mobile like that. He's not like a Lamar Jackson where he's going to... Right, but he can still scramble. That's what I'm saying. You just said that. that. That's what I'm saying. Shaquille Barrett will keep him in check on that sense, I think. We can use Shaquille Barrett in that regard. Please, God, don't let Shaquille Barrett go back in coverage so much this game. You know, he he is perfectly matched for Aaron Rodgers. He can keep up with Aaron Rodgers speed wise. He's smart enough to not fall for the play actions and the uh, the end arounds and the all the crazy silly stuff they do. And uh, you know, he keeps his eye on the ball. And you know, he can stop. He can shut down that whole right side for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers uses that right side a lot. So, I think that they should use Shaquille Barrett in that aspect and just. But just flood people on the left side to flush Aaron Rodgers towards Barrett, you know, because that's his natural tendency anyhow is to run that away and have Barrett over there just waiting for him mm. or coming at him, you know. Uh, now it's not going to work all the time for sure. I mean, that's that's the thing with this team; they they are going to score points. They're going to get no matter what you do. They're going to beat you for the most part. 
we just we just got to slow them down a little bit and hope that our offense can keep up with them. Mm-hmm. So if we can run the ball, keep them off the field, that'd be great. Uh, defensively, I think we're we're going to be a tough match for them. They're not gonna, they're not going to score forty points on us, but offensively, I think we're we're going to we'll, we'll we have opportunity to keep up with them scoring. I think we can do it. Yeah, I think so too. They just have to be clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they have to play their best game. Yeah, yeah, when we do too. If we do, if we screw up like we did against Chicago, right? No, that's gonna... what I was saying. The offense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If we don't play top notched all the way around, they are going to eat us alive. Mm-hmm. This team does not take any prisoners. Right. So, with all that being said, who do you think is going to win? Oh, I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the first game. I'm not picking the Bucks. But, uh, I just, I just, you know, it's Green Bay. It's a real tough matchup. And the way that they're playing, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And I definitely think Green Bay has the edge. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go with my score prediction is 31 to 27. Green Bay? Green Bay. All right. I'll do the same exact score. I was going to go 31 28, but I'm going to take the Bucks. <laughs> okay. Because well, I'm a real fan. <laughs> I really don't want to do this. But, I know. You uh, just got to teach me. But, you know, it really all depends. You know, if we can, if we can put a cork on Aaron Rodgers, we're just going to beat the crap out of this team because that's really all they got. Yeah. I mean, but he's just got, not so easy to take no, down. No. I mean, teams have been he's trying like, for yeah. years. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, – Yeah. We got to figure out how to get him pissy. I think someone needs frustrated, to – Frustrated. Yeah. yeah. Go mm-hmm. out onto the field, dig some holes, <laughs> dig up the sod oh, a right. little bit. He hates our – he hates he our hates field. He our complained field. about us. That's, that's where right. he rolled his ankle or something. That's right. Is that ago. was that when Josh Freeman? Yeah, that his, was Josh Freeman. Yes, Josh that Freeman made his uh, debut against Aaron Rodgers and beat the crap out of him. You know, uh, we're sickles. we're undefeated at home this season. Two games. Two games. Yeah, we're wearing white again. Ugh. Stupid long john uniforms. That's all right. Uh. Let me go through the injury report real quick. Yeah, we're going to run long today. I've still got some news to cover. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks' Levante David has a knee injury. He's been limited all week. Uh, Carlton Davis has an abdomen injury. He mm-hmm. did not practice Wednesday. He's been limited Thursday. He got oh. hurt on a defending a pass late in the fourth. Okay. Yeah, jumped way up high. It was a great pass defense, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khalil Davis has an ankle injury. He was limited Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. Mike Evans with the ankle, he didn't practice Wednesday, but was limited Thursday. He said he's fine. He's yeah, good. I'm sure he's just resting. Leonard Fournette with the ankle injury, he's been limited all week, as has Chris Godwin with the hamstring. Gronk has a shoulder injury, Mr. Bionic Man. I think it's the metal one. So he's been limited Wednesday and Thursday. That was funny. Were you even listening? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
the bionic man i hope the rest of you laugh because that was pretty funny uh lashaw mccoy had an ankle injury he was limited wednesday and thursday recovering scotty miller with his groin and hip injury he was limited wednesday and thursday jpp with the knee injury was limited wednesday and thursday justin watson had his chest injury and he was a full participant wednesday and thursday jordan whitehead has a knee injury limited wednesday did not practice thursday on the packers side Devontae adams has a hamstring injury but he's been a full participant defensive lineman montravius adams has a neck injury which I guess happened in practice because he practiced on Wednesday but did not practice Thursday. Cornerback Jair Alexander has a hand-slash-knee injury. He was limited Wednesday, full participant Thursday. Linebacker Chris Barnes has a shoulder injury. He was limited Wednesday, full participant Thursday. Defensive tackle Kenny Clark has a groin injury. He was a full participant Wednesday and Thursday. Running back Tyler Irvin has a wrist injury. He did not practice all week. Linebacker Rashawn Gary had an ankle injury. He has been limited all week. Cornerback Kevin King has a quad injury. He did not practice all week. Tight end Mercedes Lewis has a knee injury. He was limited Wednesday and did not practice Thursday. Linebacker Zadarius Smith has an ankle injury, but has been a full participant. And cornerback Chadden, Chandon Sullivan has a concussion, but was a full participant all week. Hmm. Well, at least we're getting healthier. Yeah. The 49ers have claimed uh, cornerback Parnell Motley off waivers from the Bucks. Oh, really? Yep, yep. Good we for lost, him. We lost the Motley crew. Bummer. Um, the uh, what was his name? He went to Cleveland. Uh, Darius Taylor? No. Uh, Carl Nassib, Raiders. No, he we went to Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he suffered a big broken toe in Sunday's win over the Chiefs. No. Not sure how much time he's going to miss over that. He doesn't need a toe. <laughs> Toes are overrated. Overrated. Uh, let me see. We've got, there is no Pro Bowl this year. Really? Yep. But they are going to vote, but they're not going to play. <laughs> are they still going to go to Hawaii, though? I think that's what all the players <laughs> they want to do, know. <laughs> they haven't been doing Hawaii for like five years. They haven't? No. Never watched that shit. I, I was like in Miami last mm-hmm. year, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're changing it every year. Oh, yeah. ugh. They should have it in Detroit this year. No one would go anyway. <laughs> The Titans have activated wide receiver Adam Humphreys off the reserve COVID-19 list. Oh, I didn't know he was on there. You know, why do you even do these? (laughs) Do you know anything about football? Did Uh, you tell me? uh, Did you know he was on there? Yeah. We talked about it the first year. I'm pretty sure we had mentioned it in the podcast. And I think that's about it for the news. Just trying oh, to whip through it real quick. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was released by the Jets, and just before this podcast, he signed with the Chiefs on a one-year deal. Great. Don't we get to play the Chiefs this year? <laughs> oh, we do. Great. Uh, I mean, number one rush defense. Come on, Le'Veon. Yeah, let's see what let's you can do, Le'Veon. 
Yeah. Little avion. <laughs> All right. You got anything else? That's it. Yeah. Uh, didn't cover near as much stuff as we wanted to on this podcast, but we felt we needed to get something out before the game Sunday. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one. Honestly, you know, I say the Bucks are going to win because I always say the Bucks are going to win. Mm-hmm. But I really. I'm having a hard time with this one. I think I do think we have an advantage on being on uh, at home because uh, Tom Brady hates our field, or uh, Aaron Rodgers hates our field. Other than that, you know, we just gotta get him pissy. Like he's such a pissy person. Tussle his hair. <laughs> I know. Somebody punch it. Jensen should go out there and just punch him. <laughs> <laughs> just piss him off. <laughs> All right. Anything else? That'll nope. do it. That'll do it. All right, guys. We got a game coming up. It is the 18th Sunday. This game is at 425 oh, p.m. Oh, man. I was Eastern hoping it would be a 1 o'clock game. I know. I hate these 4 o'clock games. Boo. I'm always too drunk by the time they come <laughs> on. <laughs> I got to just sit there. Well, it's just I have to sit through everyone else's game that I don't care about. I don't want to see all these other teams. I want to see my team. I get a little jealous. <laughs> One o'clock games. Like watching your ex with their, <laughs> with their new thing. Okay. That's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.